Two wins on the spin for Birmingham City as the Blues tore Liverpool apart at Damson Park. We will discuss the events of Sunday's superb win as well as hearing from manager Mark Skinner. We will also take a look ahead to our next game against Bristol City on Wednesday. Welcome everyone to Great Since 68, the only dedicated Birmingham City Ladies podcast. It is episode 24. I'm Craig Hadley and I'm joined as always by Chris Pugh. Rumour has it, Chris, you missed the game on Sunday in protest over the lack of pepper for your bovril. Can you put that <laughs> one to bed? Do you know what? It, I'd love that to be the case. No, but um, yeah, it was, a, it was a family meal. So unfortunately we had, to, we had to miss Sunday, but good to be back on the podcast. Yeah, you've been away for uh, well, you've you've been away for even longer than me, but I, I've, <laughs> yeah, obviously with me coming back last week, but it's been a month since we last talked together, so yes, hopefully it goes um quite smoothly today, but you never know. I'm sure it will. Complaints to um at AWAC. <laughs> no, no, that's no, okay. No, it's okay. It was certainly a good afternoon for Blues, that's for sure. Spent the game watching it with the guys from the Blues cast, uh, Tim and Ben. If you're listening, uh, that's a shout out for you. We'll get straight into it then. And Birmingham beat Liverpool 4-0 on Sunday. It was Birmingham's biggest win against the Reds in seven years. And that was the first thing I put to manager Mark Skinner following the match. Thank you first and foremost for that stat. Some of those stats I don't really look at, so thank you for that. Um, I was pleased with our first half in an attacking sense. I thought we were dangerous. Um, I'm kind of the manager. I wanted to score lots and lots of goals, but I'm, I want clean sheets and ensure we can defend against counter-attacking because that's what Liverpool, they banked up. Our football made them bank up a little bit. But we were clinical first half and uh, and it was almost, it was an eerie kind of, I was trying to tell the girls, don't be complacent because it was almost too easy and I don't mean that disrespectfully to Liverpool I mean it was almost it was working so well that we had to guard against complacency so it's a bit of a weird game really but I was so glad that first half we just dominated and, and almost wrapped the game up by then there was four different goal scorers today obviously um, given that the fluid attacking approach that you like to play obviously you must be pleased that with so many different scorers today I am I am and I, I'm all credit to the girls for taking it on. We, we had a big discussion. We played a couple of friendlies in the off period and, and they started to connect and, and understand. I think what you've got to do is convince humans about what you're trying to get them to see. And when they, the, the footballers are, uh, generically have to do it, they have to experience it. So they experienced it a couple of times in the, against the opposition we played during this, this little break and, and they've done it today. So I'm pleased with the... I'm pleased with their commitment to the efforts that we're asking them to do and they're, they're seeing what happens from it, so I'm pleased with that that as well. Looking ahead to the Bristol game, obviously um, only a three-day window between the next game. Um, are you looking to make changes in the Bristol game? Yeah, look, I'm hoping that at some point this week, look, the girls have to deserve it. We've said that. I won't I won't rotate for the sake of it. If they keep performing well, then they'll, they'll get their opportunities. So I, I just think necessity will mean that we will have to rotate at some point. Um, but I believe in everybody in this squad, so they will get their opportunities. And if they when they do, they, they take them, then... That's up to them. That's what you want. You want a headaches as a manager. So let's see what the let's see what the fallout tomorrow brings. How their heavy their legs are, and see if we can go in fresh against Bristol. Last uh, question for you, Mark. Ellen White's been away of England recently. She got two goals again against Germany, one of the biggest teams in the, the world at the moment. Um, how pleased were you to see her emulating her current form for Birmingham on the on the international stage? I told Ellen White when we signed her that she'd score goals at Birmingham um, because I know what quality she has. She has near enough the all-round package, but we've just got things we need to tidy up. So 
Ellen White knows I love her to bits, but my front front six, if you look at the, the two players on the bench as well, they have the ability to to be and be as effective as Ellen, even though she's that good. You know, we have that ability. So I'm really pleased with Ellen, but my challenge is never to be satisfied. So I'm going to make sure that Ellen White goes to an even another level. So and I won't rest until we do that. Liverpool's manager Scott Rogers was absent from the game to attend the birth of his first child, Isaac. Many congratulations from us to him and his wife, Jenny. But do you think that played an effect on his team, Chris? Or, as I would expect, the team would have been preparing for this kind of thing, especially as the baby was due this week? I'm, I'm sure Scott would have been involved with the training during the week for for the preparation for the Blues game. So everything that they they would have implemented, they should have implemented to combat Blues, would have been in place. So, you know, his, obviously his presence, any manager's presence on the bench is is missed when it's not there. But I, I certainly don't think it had um, a massive detrimental effect to, to the way Liverpool went about that first half, no. No, obviously Liverpool's had a few defensive issues recently with the likes of Gemma Bonner still out injured and Casey Stoney um, retiring to work with Phil Neville in the England team. Birmingham looked a step above from the off in this one. It was a huge improvement over the last time the two sides met back in November. On that particular night, Blues had 16 shots, but only four of them were on target. This time around, though, Blues had 14 shots, but 11 of them were on target. What a difference three months makes, Chris. And I think that's confidence. Picking up good results, it's testament to the work that the coaching staff are doing on the training ground with them. They're getting into more advanced areas, not just the attacking players, you know, the, the defensive players as well are getting forward a lot more and creating opportunities and and if you're going to create opportunities obviously you know the 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 quality that we've got at the moment and and the confidence that the front four in particular and uh, are showing then it's not a massive surprise that that we're getting more more shots on target and and we are starting to as mark said on previous occasions as well start to dominate games and and control games against teams like liverpool yeah, absolutely. And Rachel Williams opened up the scoring in the 12th minute with a thunderous left-footed strike from the edge of the area into the top corner. What did you think of this one, Chris? Beautiful goal. Absolutely beautiful goal. Uh, I think, um, you know, obviously wasn't there, but uh, I watched um, as much of the Facebook live video as I could. For about a minute before that, we were we were pressing Liverpool high and winning the ball back and, and then they'd win it back. But but they were never really getting out, you know. That they certainly never looked settled on the ball, and obviously the ball's gone down the the right hand channel to to Ellen, who's once again showing what, what a good front line player she is, leading the line and you know holding the ball up, causing problems for for a player of the quality of Alex Greenwood, and she's cut it back to to Rachel, who I, I'm sure she'll say herself she's she hasn't scored as many goals as as she might have liked on her return to Blues and how many goals we know she can score when she was here in her first spell. But that strike alone shows how, how good she is in and around the box. And, and Chamberlain had no chance with that one. It was a brilliant strike. No, absolutely. It was a great strike. And Rachel has a history with Liverpool. The game. She got a hat-trick, didn't she, yeah, in, the, she... in the other one? Yeah, Yeah, she got a hat-trick uh, seven years ago in the last time we beat Liverpool 4-0. So it's a, a good omen when she plays against Liverpool. Absolutely, yeah. We've had some absolute crackers already this season, Chris. Uh, Lucy Quinn's against Manchester City at the Academy Stadium and Ellen White's slick team move against City just last month as well. This one ranks right up there. Yeah, it does. I think 
for me, I really enjoyed Ellen's second against City because of the, you know, the, the counter attack, how quickly we got forward. But you know, for in terms of an individual strike, this is right up there with, like you say, Lucy's. Lucy's at the academy stadium. It, it's right up there with that one. You know, she didn't have much time to think about it. She's got it out of her feet on her left foot, which is arguably her weakest, and she's bent it in the top corner, which is brilliant strike and what a start to the game for us. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great start. And the next goal, as much as I like Paige Williams, I don't think this can be claimed for her. But She's least... not having it. She's not having it, Craig. No. As you say, it, it, you can't really give it to her. It was it was more um, incredulous maybe than the Emily Westwood one when she tried to celebrate that goal that was nowhere near her in that game against Reading earlier in the season. Well, if Emily, if Emily's having that, then Paige can have half a goal for this one, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> was a uh, her whip cross was deflected into the net off the head of Kate Longhurst. It was an unfortunate one for Liverpool from their perspective, but as you usually say, Chris, you don't win anything if you don't enter the raffle. Of course, and and again, it's it's getting players in and around the box and putting crosses in, and you know Emma, Emma Follis has broke through, and I think she she had the chance to go forward or or play it through the middle. She's held it up a little bit and, and Paige is there bombing forward to support her. And uh, when you're getting in those positions, you know, that, that that's where your chances come. And especially against the Liverpool side, as you say, like who are um, a little bit fragile at the back, players not in not in their correct positions. Obviously, Kate Longhurst, who I've known as, as, as a forward player and a wide player and having to play one of those defensive roles that she was she was having to on Sunday... She's not used to being in that position and, you know, it's, it's unlucky for Kate because, you know, it could have gone anywhere off her head, but, it, you know, it's looped over Chamberlain and into the corner. But it, it's credit page for getting forward. We know what quality she's got with her left foot when she gets in those areas. So, Yeah, she's certainly looked good since she's come back into the team recently. So hopefully that continues. Jess Carter added Birmingham's third before the break, her first of the season. She worked some space for herself on the edge of the box and hit a low left-footed shot into the bottom corner. It reminded me, Chris, a lot of Jill Scott's goal against France in the She Believes Cup. The keeper should have done better. What do you think? I think Chamberlain will be disappointed. I don't know whether she was unsighted for, for a part of that goal, but it hasn't flew into the back of the net. But I really liked this goal, actually. Um, start on the left-hand side, and it's your left-sided centre-back in Keris who bombs forward and plays a lovely one-two with Charlie. Your left-sided centre-back putting the cross across goal, and then on the right-hand side in the penalty area is your right wing-back. And we've we've spoke about it. Just getting these players into advanced areas, you are going to score more goals. For Kerry's to be where she was, put a good ball across, and obviously the amount of space Carter's in, Liverpool will be disappointed with that. But she's able to cut inside on her left foot and hit the target. And you never know. In, you know, like you said earlier, if you don't buy a ticket, you won't win the raffle. And she's she's had a shot, and and it's accurate. It's in the corner, and Chamberlain couldn't get down to it. And from that moment on, you you know you've pretty much won the game. Yeah, it was three 0 at the break, and Liverpool looked more dangerous in the second half. The best chance of the game for them, arguably, arrived to the player they would want it to as well. Jess Clark's cross from the right was turned narrowly wide by Beth England. Given her recent form, I was surprised how little of an impact she had on the game. But credit to the Blues' defence for keeping her quiet. Liverpool played Chelsea in the FA Cup last weekend, didn't they? So they've played more recently than us. But obviously, the, the first half in particular, it seemed like they we come out of the traps flying, and and they were a li- they looked a little bit ring rusty, and like I said earlier, a little bit unprepared for 
for what we were going to be able to throw at them. I'm sure there was words at half-time to make sure that it wasn't going to be a capitulation and they weren't going to get absolutely battered. Even though they've got some injuries, there's still some experienced pros in that dressing room. And I think, obviously, you know, they would have wanted to make to make a, a better fist of it in the second half and England's chance was was probably the best of the second half, yeah. Yeah, obviously you say that Liverpool have played a game recently before we did, obviously, but Beth England obviously is on loan from Chelsea, so she wouldn't have played in that game. So of maybe, course, yeah. So maybe, as you say, maybe she was a bit ring rusty and then obviously in future games she might score a hat-trick in the next one, who knows. And as you say, we know better than anybody what happens when you one or two of your best players aren't playing, are out injured or a little bit unfit. You know, when Ellen was out and, and Anne Catherine was out, you know, it, it was a little bit of a tough run for us. I think Amy Turner's out for the season as well for them, which is a big blow because I think she's she's a very good defender as well. But a lot has rested on England this season in terms of the goal scoring and she hasn't played for five weeks, but, but neither had we. So it, it's how you prepare and, and it's how you start these games and we, and we were much better from start to finish. Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree with that. Birmingham's top goalscorer, Ellen White, added a fourth and her eighth of the season to add a gloss to what was a great afternoon. The way she took down Sarah Mayling's cross, controlled it and turned the defender to score was sublime. But I guess that we should expect nothing less from the England international. Yeah, and, and I'll use the word again, confidence. That That is a girl absolutely flying, you know, who who I'm sure every time she goes on the pitch, she's it's a question of how many she will score and not whether she will score at the moment. Credit again, Emma Follis, brilliant. Bursting run through, you know, that, that energy and that drive to get forward. Sarah Malin, who come on for Jess on the right-hand side, she's put a good cross in, but like you say, that the first touch and then the touch away from the defender and to, to put it in the bottom corner, it, it, it's excellent. But as you say, it's one that you, you come to expect from Ellen at the moment. You know, you, you're almost disappointed if she doesn't set that down and put it in the back of the net. She's been brilliant of late. And as you say, eight, eight goals this season when she's missed half the season is, is a brilliant tally. Looking ahead now to Wednesday evening, Blues travel to Stoke Gifford Stadium to take on Bristol City. Birmingham won the home tie back in January 2-0 thanks to goals from Aoife Mannion and Charlie Wellings. It's been five weeks since the Vixens have played a competitive game. Do you think that's going to have a negative effect on them going into the game, Chris? It depends what they've been doing in that time. You know, they're in the same boat that we were in against Liverpool and we're in the same boat that Liverpool were in. You know, we, we've just played. Obviously, Liverpool lost 3-0, so their their confidence is a little bit different to us going into it off the back of a 4-0 win. But I think we'll, we'll certainly be the what We've got the momentum going forward. and I don't think Bristol will or relish the task of, of playing us at the moment in the form that we're in. Mark's kept the squad changes to a minimum in the last five matches, especially that front four of Ellen White, Rachel Williams, Emma Follis and Charlie Wellings. As we've seen from the likes of Manchester City in recent seasons, consistency when the team is playing well brings it with its success. But there must be a balance, and I'm sure Mark knows that. You need to limit injuries where possible, and the game against Bristol might be the right opportunity to make those changes. Possibly after not playing for so long, and obviously you've got you've got Bristol on on Wednesday night, and then Sunderland on Sunday. So you've got you've got three games in a week after not playing for four weeks. So that brings about its own challenges, um, and I'm sure the the coaching staff will know exactly who who is struggling, who might need resting on Wednesday night, or or who's available, and then maybe resting on on Sunday night. But we look at the bench, and we've got options on the bench. People who weren't even in the squad, you know, 
I think if everybody's happy, if everybody's fit, that momentum, word, confidence, you, you just unleash them again and tell them to go out and do the same thing, I think. As Mark said earlier, he says the players have got to be ready to step up to play if he's going to make changes. And obviously they've got to put the work in in training. The likes of uh, Frida Isi might get a game. She, she Surprisingly, she's played more games than I thought she had this season. She's, she's appeared eight times and I didn't think she'd played that many games. But hopefully maybe she'll get a start. Maybe Maddie who's played two games this season. The likes of those might get a chance against Bristol City given the, as you say, we've got three games in the space of a week. Any player you think might get a chance, Chris, that we haven't seen much of this season? Obviously, Hayley come back in against Liverpool, didn't she, um, after her injury? She didn't she didn't play uh, for Wales in, in the Cyprus Cup. Coming back from an injury and asking her to play three times in a week might be a, might be a bit of an ask. Um, obviously, Abby, Abby Lee Stringer's come back into the fold as well. Maybe she could come in and play part. I think Lucy Quinn as well is another one who, whenever she's played, she, she's very rarely let Blues down. She's been a little bit unlucky with the form of the front four, actually, you know, that, that they have been so good that it's been difficult to get her into the side. But I think if she came in, she'd she'd bring that drive and energy that, you know, I, I don't think we'd be lacking much from the front four if she was to come in and replace anybody. I think that's the important thing as well, that, that you know, that there are options now that we're not looking at an 11 and saying, oh, if one person gets injured, we're down to the bare bones. You know, we've we've got players that can come in and, and do a job. Paige was out the side for a while and, and has come back in the last couple of games and done really well. So, And that's the important thing, again, that whoever is going to come in has, has to take their chance because we are playing well and the 11 that Mark's picking is confident and it's getting results and it's getting performances. So if he does change it and people come in, they've they've got to step up to the mark. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on, Chris. And obviously the players need to take their chances if they're going to come in and try and take the positions from the players who are currently in the squad. A bit of team news for Bristol then. Obviously Sophie Bagley, who's on loan from Birmingham, will be unavailable this weekend for Bristol with Amy Watson likely to start in goal. The Welsh keeper is just 17, but was on the bench the last time we played them back in January. Their backup keeper, Caitlin Leach, left the club by mutual consent back in February. With Sophie and Caitlin starting the majority of the games up until this point, Chris, it will certainly be a test for the young shot stopper. It will, against a, a rampant blue side that are in full of confidence. But I'm sure they'll be working on that in training. You know, They'll be preparing her for what she's going to have to do against our, our front four, whoever it may be. But, you know, we've seen Hannah Hampson come in this season and do a really good job, you know, a young keeper. And, and she did a pretty good job, actually, with Anne being out. So um, being selfish, you don't want her to have a worldie, but you don't want her to be disgraced and have a terrible game because it might it might affect her progression as, as a young player. Obviously, you want to win the game, but you know you hope she does well on, on, in her start as well. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, the likes of Fran Stenson and Hannah Hampton's come in and they're both of course. 17 or younger. And playing in the top flight, they're, they're not going to get this chance often, given how the professional league is going to go next season. But while they get the chance to do it, they might as well play against some of the better teams. And obviously Birmingham are in a good form, so that's going to be a good test for her. Yeah, and, and from Bristol's point of view as well, we, with Caitlin Leach having left, obviously Sophie's only on loan there. If she was to come back to us in the summer, they've, you know, they're looking short on goalkeepers, so either they bring someone in, or if... Obviously, if Amy Watson performs well in the in Wednesday night's game and she gets a couple more games between now and the end of the season, she might be able to stake her claim for, for the number one spot next season as well. 
Yeah, absolutely, Chris. You never know. Lauren Hemp is once again the player to look out for for Bristol. She might only be 17 herself, but she is more than a match for a lot of the WSL sides. She's scored six so far this season, and she's looked a threat the last time we played them, even if she didn't beat Hannah Hampton in our goal. You know, whether it's in a Bristol shirt or an England shirt, Hemp has been has been excellent over the last 12 months. Scoring against good teams, you know, she scored a pretty good goal away at Arsenal, I remember, earlier on in the season. So she's certainly not one that, that will be phased by anything. Um, you know, Daniels, I think, the Belgian wide player, obviously, as well. So, you know, they've got a couple of players who, on their day, can cause teams problems. But I think the form we're in and the confidence we go into the game with, I think we should be looking at what we've got to hurt them as opposed to what they've got to hurt us. Yeah, obviously you mentioned Yana Daniels, Chris. Uh, Bristol have scored just 10 times so far this season, and despite having international class players like Yana Daniels, they seem to be struggling to give Hemp the support she needs. It's a, it's a tricky balance, obviously. You know, they, they've conceded a lot of goals, haven't they, this season as well. Um, defensively, they haven't been super strong, which hasn't helped Sophie at times as well. You know, it's, it's a balance that Blues have had to... To, had to work at, at getting right over the years as well. You know, sometimes we've been ultra defensive and it and it's impacted our our goal scoring form and uh, and our ability to score goals as well. But at the moment, it's it's working quite nicely. We we seem to have struck that chord. You know, and obviously Bristol, I'm sure will be will be desperate to to turn it around and, and find that balance soon. Yeah, that balance is really important, and the Vixens as have conceded 36 times this season. That's despite, a lot, that is. Despite Sophie Bagley's best efforts, we've seen weeks of highlights from their games this season, Chris, thanks to the BBC's women's football show, and it tends to be simple errors, and at this level, teams won't let you make those sites and mistakes. No, of course, and like, like you say, it's individual errors. It's quite, you know quite a few from set pieces, that organisation, someone switching off at the last minute. And as you say, you're playing against very good teams at this level. If Ellen White gets a chance, then then she's going to put it away at the moment. So they you know, they need to be switched on 100% for the whole 90 minutes. Otherwise, our front four, I'm sure, will be ready to pounce. Aoife Mannion and Charlie Wellings are the only two players to have not missed a single game so far this season. 16 appearances each. Aoife being the only one to have started every one of them. Do you think Mark will rest either of these players or are their contributions so crucial that they need to be in the team? Certainly Aoife, I think, is one that, you know, if, if she's fit, she plays. She has to play um, her defensive ability, but also her ability on the ball to get, you know, we want to control the game. We want to build from the back. We want, we want to be an attractive team to watch. Someone like Aoife in defence is the perfect person to have because she's, you know, she's confident on the ball. She can stroll out into midfield and, and get us started. So I think I think Aoife has to play. Charlie, again, for someone who last season was was an out-and-out striker and now and now he's, he's learning more about that wider role or, or just behind the striker as part of a as part of an attacking unit rather than rather than an out-and-out striker. Um but she's coming on leaps and bounds and you know she's getting into good areas and you know her intelligence on the ball and off the ball is getting better. You can see that week in, week out. She's a young player still, so she's always learning. I think un- under Mark's guide and with with good players around her like Rachel and and Ellen, more experienced players, then 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 certainly she'll be one who who won't miss many games as well. I'm sure injury permitting. 
Yeah, exactly. It's now time for predictions then, Chris. 2-0 last time out. What do you think the score will be this time? Um, I can't see Bristol stopping us scoring uh, the way we're playing at the moment. And obviously, defensively, we're normally very strong. Um, I think we'll keep a clean sheet um, and I think we'll win 2-0. I would, I would probably agree with that. I think Mark's going to rotate, but I think the team he puts out will be a strong one. I'm, I don't, I don't really want to go for the same score as you now, so I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to have to go for three nil. Okay, you be the, you be the optimistic one this week. I will. I'll be the optimistic one. <laughs> Before we go, there is just enough time to remind you we will have a second show this week, which will should be out Friday evening, where we will run down the Bristol game as well as looking ahead to Sunday's home game against Sunderland. We will also have an interview with the boss herself, Anne-Kat Trimberger. Chris, before you go, would you like to pl- plug Tilt and Talk this week? Because obviously you've got some important guests on the show. Yeah, so uh, tonight, um, 7.30 till 9 on Facebook, um, it'll be available on YouTube as well and podcasts. But we've got Mark and anne Catherine coming into the studio to, to have a chat about the season in general and obviously Anne, Anne's last turbulent last few months and, and the way she's come through it so admirably so yeah looking forward to to speaking to those two tonight um I'm, I'm sure the the YouTube and podcast will be up around Facebook and Twitter so uh, be sure to catch it yeah okay so what do people have to search for Chris Tilton Talk is it yeah so um the Twitter account is uh, at Tilton Talk Show um or Tilton Talk on Facebook but, but obviously with with the youtube we're on facebook live and um he puts it on the youtube as well so i'll be sharing the uh the youtube and and the, and the stream later on tonight and during the week as well so there'll be plenty of chances to catch up on it and that's all for this week's show thanks to chris for joining me you can find him on twitter at a w c a i b and you can find me at craig hadley that's with a double e at the end and it's also thanks to jazar for allowing us to use his song No Control in our intro and outro music. You've been listening to The Great Since 68 podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us so you can receive the show every single week as soon as it comes out. Just search for Great Since 68 on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and any other podcast platform you may use. If you prefer to listen through SoundCloud, be sure to give us a follow on there so you can get notified every single week when the episode is out. You can also follow the show on Twitter at GreatSynth68. Thanks for listening, everyone, and remember, keep right on.